Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. I'm Elliot Danker. Willie King takes the helm right now for The Bigger Picture. Willie, we're looking at quite a number of things. I suppose top of the list, obviously, is that the general fear that China may ramp up COVID restrictions, just as it seems to be easing a little bit, you know, in terms of how long you have to quarantine. Um, mm. Investors, of course, are looking at it, especially with China announcing the first few deaths in six months. You know, yeah. Could they just go back to, to where, where they came from uh, in terms of restrictions? Yeah, I mean, there were fears that China may actually ramp up COVID restrictions. And this also came about where there were reported deaths. I mean, if you yeah. see Elliot, yeah. you have Shanghai, you have Beijing. And of course, you know, in the recent weeks, you also have Guangzhou, where mm. the people, there yes. was an outbreak yes. where people are really tired about the quarantine and the lockdowns. And this actually it's sort of affected, you know, the markets and investors as well. Yeah, it's been a long two years for them. I think another thing you're also looking at is uh, this whole notion of looking for signals as to whether the Fed is going to, I don't know, going to ease <laughs> up on these uh, interest rate hikes. Now, market watchers are saying maybe we'll get 0.5 percentage points in December. It's already been four times of 0.75, right? Yeah, I mean, if you see the Fed, right, how the markets are reacting is, of course, there were recently where the Fed recently spoke that they will continue to actually raise rates to fight inflation. And I think this is sort of the message where mm. the Fed will raise rates until something breaks. Yeah. Then it will pause and pivot. So I guess that's probably what they will do, yep. maybe. <laughs> so with all this, you know, I have um, with me Ashish Chanda, CEO and founder of Crystal AI, and he will be talking to us about what the markets are. So good morning, Ashish. How are you, man? Good morning. Very good morning to everyone. All right. So Ashish, first things first, I want to just talk to you about the major market headlines which happened over last night. So, you know, could you share more? Yeah, sure. So, so you're seeing a lot of news coming out, uh, what the Fed minutes are going to be, what's happening in the crypto universe. So there's, there's a lot. And of course, the COVID uh, uh, restrictions coming back in China. So a lot of factors at play. Mm-hmm. I think uh, what is likely to grab the headlines in the next few months is beyond the crypto story is going to be what the Federal Reserve does on the interest rate hike, where we seem to be headed towards a half a point high and uh, waiting for equity markets that bond markets to react in a particular manner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, coming to China's latest news around COVID restrictions and the investor reactions, you know, can you tell us more about it? The opening from the, uh, or moving away from the COVID zero is never going to be a smooth line, right? So you mm-hmm. always go in kind of a fine wave. You open, you close, you open, you close. And that's likely to happen because it's a virus. So it's not easy to fight uh, that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so it's, I think it's uh, logical to assume that there will be a series of openings and closings mm-hmm. and uh, a certain equilibrium is going to be established where both the governments, policymakers and people and the virus kind of uh, learn to live in equilibrium, which mm-hmm. is what we've seen happen in the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. So the markets definitely, uh, they're, they're seeing what's happening in China and is it going back into a very strict policy or is it that uh, steps are in the right direction? So that's the confusion markets have. But I do think that uh, since the opening and closing is going to be a bit volatile, so mm-hmm. it's going to be a rocky path towards that opening up. And hopefully the next one and a half, two months, the market will come back to terms that, okay, China is moving closer to opening and the market should start taking that very positive. 
Mm, I mean, moving on from zero COVID policy on China, there's also another thing which sort of have been um, overshadowing the markets as well, which is China's property markets. I mean, if you see over the last two years, you have the China property debt crisis where the government is actually aggressively trying to limit how these developers could actually refinance or actually take on their loans. Um, But of course, now the authorities are right now, you know, looking on the opposite direction and they have also recently issued this 16 point program um, to sort of help alleviate the liquidity to the real estate market so you know what's going on right here and do you think this is sort of a recovery for the china property developers and the market itself Definitely. See, what happened in the China property sector over the last uh, three to six months was mm-hmm. really shaking the confidence of investors and uh, becoming a spiral effect with the risk of it spiraling into other sectors. You know, there was news of the banking sector uh, potentially coming under the scanner and, and so on. But clearly, that's when the, the regulators uh, step in and say that, okay, we need to provide some liquidity or some form of support, whether it's fiscal support or any other kind of support to the sector to make sure that the things don't spiral downwards. And that's exactly the uh, the signal that market was waiting. I think it came a bit late than uh, the market was expecting, but at least it has come, and that's giving some element of positivity to where things would go from here. Mm. Uh, so definitely it's something to look forward to, uh, at least giving some amount of support, but still too early for uh, you know people's uh, risk nerves to come back. I think they're going to wait and watch for a few more months before they really latch on to uh, investment back into the sector. Yeah, I mean, if you see how the property developers are right now, you can see how China properties, um, you know, how all these developers, the, the high quality ones, which I have actually uh, read recently that they are actually looking to sort of boost the liquidity, especially for the high quality players. So I think that's something interesting to watch. You know, moving a bit from the property sector into US-China bilateral relations, um, you know, can you tell us, tell us more about this, you know, after they have both Chinese President Xi and President Biden, after they've met in Bali in the G20 summit, you know, can you just tell us more about what's going to happen in US-China relations here? The Bali summit was definitely a step in the right direction and there was uh, uh, some open and frank talking over, happening over there and at least uh, some continuity notes, I would say, coming uh, from both sides. Mm. But the the events before that, when there were these bans on certain semiconductors and other tech sectors, that was definitely a, a bit of a scare that uh, went through uh, the market. So it's still in a in a place where we don't really know which way this thing is going to go. Of mm-hmm. course, we hope that uh, whatever scare was coming was before the U.S. midterm elections, and that was probably one of the reasons why uh, the rhetoric was like that. And since the U.S. midterm elections are now over, so hopefully it, it gets better. So, so with politics behind us uh, in the US and China, uh, hopefully there is going to be more uh, trade-centric uh, discussions and less of uh, you know opposition shown to this particular sector. Yeah, I just want to ask you something, Ashish, on the semiconductor curbs, you know, which happened, you know, recently. Do you think this sort of will get lifted off after the G20 summit? But I don't think it's going to be a clear lift off. Uh, I think this is a tool that uh, both countries are going to use to negotiate with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's again, you know, this whole thing started when Trump was in power and the whole trade curve has done. So this is kind of part of that. Uh, but yes, uh, is it going to get better? Uh, that's just our hope. That's my belief that, uh, <laughs> you know, this is this is likely the direction it will go because you mm-hmm. can't really live in a world where you isolate China and US yeah. to opposite directions. Yep. Uh, especially when there are bigger problems of inflation and recession and wars happen to work here. Mm, mm, mm. And one more thing on China, which I think 
people have sort of um, overshadowed or sort of missed out this tech regulatory crackdown, right? So you have this early signs of some relief on this front too. Um, you know, we are looking at some of the earnings numbers and we're also looking at um, starting to see some improvement in the guidance on some of these tech players, uh, these Chinese tech players, um, especially in the IPO DVD side. So, you know, can you make some sense of this? You know, what's going on here right now? I think the tech crackdown was, uh, it started uh, you know, just after the, the potential land IPO at that time, about a year or two ago. So, so basically, uh, since then, you know, it has been happening and it's been almost like two years, uh, uh, you know, across the sector that's going on. Some of the, the, the reasoning or some of the rational view to this is very logical. Uh, and especially if you think about, uh, you know, excessive valuations or, or the kind of uh, education people are doing. So there is there are there's definitely valid reasons uh, to, to do it on, both, uh, on one side. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you know, you do want to promote entrepreneurship and, and some uh, amount of freedom to, to grow your business. So mm-hmm. that equilibrium, I think, has now come to a particular place where both the market participants, the regulators, the, the companies, the, the tech startups or, or the tech behemoths rather, mm-hmm. uh, are reaching a place where they, they, they want to put this thing aside and start a new chapter. Mm-hmm. That's what the signs uh, seem to be uh, since the day of the CPC that you know, we are expecting uh, things to come back to normal, uncertainty to be over mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully the tech sector is the one that leads uh, the Chinese markets forward mm. hasn't beaten down a lot. I mean, there's a lot of value technically there if, if normal business uh, comes back. Mm. And so it, the whole world is looking at Chinese markets to see if that's the sector to invest in as you go into 2023. I see. So, I mean, in your view here, Ashish, you know, looking at the sectors, you know, what, what are some of the sectors in China which you like and what are some of the sectors which you are going to avoid? Clearly, the, the property one is still uh, a bit shaky. We're still looking for some more positive signs to come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but the technology sector does look uh, that it has uh, uh, come back uh, battered a lot. So we're looking at it keenly, even the biotech. But I think broadly, I would prefer seeing in the broader macro, uh, you know, the, the, the index itself, the HS and HS. Mm-hmm. rather than going very sector-specific because that can be a very uh, volatile play. Mm-hmm. From China, I want to just bring the narrative down into somewhere closer to home, which is the Malaysia politics right now. I mean, if we see um, right now where we see the fight to form the next government has continued and of course the coalitions have extended um, until 2pm on Tuesday to actually find out who um, the appointment of the Prime Minister is. I just want to get your take here, Ashish. Um, with all this background politics contest going on, you know, how does it impact the stock market, you know, right now? Yeah, see, politics, uh, in fact, any any stock market or even forex markets of a country, they're affected by, you know, what's happening globally as well as what's happening domestically. Mm. So domestic politics, of course, is a source of uncertainty, especially having an armed parliament where it's very difficult to say, even, even a coin is going to shiver which way do I give a head of this because no one knows how this is going to return. So, so that's something that creates some uncertainty. Um, that causes the international investors to go into it in a big way. So, mm-hmm. of course, you will see some amount of volatility till the governments are sworn in and established. But I think the broader picture here is still the global one, which is more on the, the US dollar strength and inflation and where the interest rates are mm-hmm. uh, and how commodity prices behave. I think that is still going to dominate. Yes, there is going to be a week of uh, up and down on on the local uh, market, uh, where no one really likes uncertainty uh, of how the government policies going to shape up. Mm. I I have with me here Ashish Chanda, CEO and founder of 
Crystal AI. Thank you so much, Ashish, for your interview here this morning. Uh, great to have you, man, on Money FM eighty nine point three. Thank you. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm eight nine three dot sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.